Singaporeans who use the word wake up. Our businessman George Go. George Go. George Go Cheng Wah. I believe it is important to have an independent president with no past link to any political party. He's clearly seeking to differentiate himself. Nobody likes to listen to the people at the elite level. Do you like to have a two candidate in the same camp? They mean from the same sector, from the same organisation. Do you like it? Most of the people don't like it. 101 will, will not agree walk over. Perhaps better known as the founder of Harvey Norman Osia, as well as deputy chairman of Patama Holdings. When I start my career at age of 22, I do not have money. Are you aware you're going to be an entrepreneur? No, we are talking about survival. So when I meet all these young people, I say to them, something you like to do, you're familiar with, start. They want to see a change. If George Go can, everybody can. Okay, hi guys. Just today, while we are preparing to release George Go's episode, it was announced by the elections department that he was not issued the certificate of eligibility, which also means then that he will not be able to contest in the upcoming presidential elections. But we then decided that, hey, you know, it was still a great conversation. The, the conclusion that we had was that we're still going to release the episode and I hope that you can still enjoy it. Welcome back to another episode of Political Prude, the podcast. Now today we're joined by presidential hopeful Mr. George Goh, and he's an individual that wears many, many hats, including that of the founder of Harvey Norman Oja, Singapore's non-resident ambassador to Morocco, and lastly, the co-founder of Border Mission Limited, a self-funded charity. Now earlier this June, he stepped forward to say that, hey, I'll be contesting in the upcoming election as well. And he's since launched his campaign with the slogan, One Chance for Change, which emphasizes his nomination, representing the opportunity for all of us to welcome a president originating from the private sector. Now, over the next one hour, we'll get to know him on a more intimate level, and we'll get to understand his philosophies and thought processes in various capacities. Like, for example, a successful self-made entrepreneur responsible for businesses that are worth billions of dollars, a diplomat that represented Singapore on a global level, and lastly, a family man. We'll find out what his presidency can look like, and more importantly, we'll ask him why he should get your vote. Now, before we jump into today's episode, here's a small favour that I'd like to ask. Every resource that we had available was really put into the production of this show, and we, we decided then to not put a single dollar on marketing. So here's where I need your help. In just a few seconds, you can really help me meet my goals for this podcast. All you have to do is hit that follow button on Spotify, and it would mean the world to me. Without further ado, let's jump right in. Hi, Mr. Go. Welcome to the Political Prude Podcast. Good morning, Joel. Good to see you. Good to see you too. I'm so excited to have you here. You know, it's been so surreal planning this and then finally having you here on set with us. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I want to open up our conversation by jumping straight into the presidential election. And let me set the stage with the context here, right? So your competitor, Mr. Thaman, performed very, very well in GE 2020. So the PAP received 74.61% of votes for Jurong GRC, which then made it their best performance uh, at that election. But at the same time, on the other side of the, the coin, as you explained to the media, in the 2011 presidential elections, the non-establishment candidates garnered a total of 63.8% of the votes. They garnered a majority if you add all of their votes together, you know. So my question to you is, how confident are you entering this election, going up against someone like Mr. Thaman who has a proven track record? Uh, public sector, of course, um, where he's coming from, I'm from the private sector. You know, as a private sector, for my history, if you go back to the history, uh, 41 years as an entrepreneur. Now, I invest most of my uh, subsidiary or investment about 17 countries in the world, including United States, UK, Japan, India, of course, Southeast Asia as well. Now, second point is 
besides the investment in the country, you also learn about the political system in some of the country is required, especially in China, India, and Southeast Asia, some of the country. You need to know how the political fit into the investment we are investing in the country. If you know nothing about it, it's very dangerous, right? So you need to make sure we understand the system, how it works. The other part, you see, you're across the culture. Language may not be the same as Singapore. Uh, UK may be okay. We are speaking the same language. But these are the country, the culture, quite different. For us to enter into those markets, you need to understand how the culture work, the partnership work in this country. So I'm quite happy over the years because I have this experience to deal with uh, a lot of seniors, so-called the founding uh, founders of the organization internationally and across the world. That one also bring me uh, in the past 41 years uh, a successful uh, organization. Apart from Mr. Um, Daman, you know, you were the first person that actually came out to say, okay, I want to run for president or I'm interested in running for president. My, I'm, I'm quite curious as to why make that announcement so early, right? So instead of like maybe the other strategy is, let me, let me wait it out. Let me see who else going to come forward first before I announce my strategy or announce my intention. So uh, why, why, why did you um, want to do so fast? I mean, um, as a leader, of course, you plan. You don't just by emotions or by friends say, George, time to go in or let's see who is coming in. And then you plan accordingly. You don't do that. As a leader, you're quite clear what you want to do. This is in my mind for a few years already. So when the elections department open, right, application, say, can pick up the form. So I say, our team is ready. So pick up the form mm-hmm. on the 13th. So we go on that. I love that. <laughs> so, so you, you mentioned um, being ready for multiple years now. <laughs> what were some of the key things that you, you personally did to make sure that you were priming yourself up for you know, the eligibility? The main one, of course, everybody just focused on 500 million equity. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a huge amount. We're not talking about market capitalization. We are not talking about revenue. It's very purely an equity. Most of the business, you know, right, you can have a huge revenue, mm-hmm. but equity may not have 500 million. Right? So 2016, when I discussed with my CFO, I say, this is a hard one mm-hmm. for private sector. But anyway, let's see how it goes. We have six years to, to, to work on this. So I mm-hmm. say, maybe we can achieve 500 million. Uh, that will be good news to me. Yeah. <laughs> so you know you um uh on I, I remember watching the news and you you were carrying three files into like, the, <laughs> the ALD. Uh, so can you maybe explain to everybody what those files are and and why maybe that could help you uh in terms of strengthening your chance to be uh, eligible as a candidate? Yeah, because the information required. No doubt the application is not so thick. It's like this. But when you prepare, you need to prepare like this, right? So we have 38 items. So the financials, record, of course, you got to write quite a number of other stuff, uh, not only purely on financial, the supporting document mm. is very important. And also, you also need to explain a little bit more, especially when I combine my equity. Mm. Because most of this company, all the companies I founded. Mm. So I need to prove when I founded all this company. So I build my equity from a low base, as you know, right? Very low base. So I need to explain uh, how I build my, my equity. Because you also have to make sure the document to support you are the most senior candidate there. Most seniors executive in organization, you need to provide that as well. Mm-hmm. And the 
difficult part, of course, is the financial. That one is a big, big num number. You need to show them where the number are coming from. You cannot be double counting equity. Mm. I, because our team, we make sure we take it out, all the double counting. This is the purely on the pure 507 million equity. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. So, you know, you mentioned about the, the businesses and right now I feel like most people know you as Mr. George Go, the presidential hopeful, but I want to know Mr. George Go, the entrepreneur, right? Okay. Like, because that's, that has been, you know, your identity for such a long time. Yes. So let me just run through the, the list here. So you're okay. best known as the founder of Harvey Norman Osher, yes. which distributes consumer electronics from yeah. the Australian brand. Yeah. And then you're also the founder of VGO Corporation. Yeah which yeah. is known for the world of sports brand, yeah. which I used to shop at all the time as a child. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, so how do you think your experience in managing all these dif different successful businesses can help you in the role of the president? Different sectors. Uh, if I enter into different sectors, of course, you've got to learn a new whole set of industry. All right. Water treatment is one of the industry, is the environment. Right? All linked to all. The futures, these are the waters that is very precious. When you're talking about electrical, electronics, of course, that is the household. You need to know the behavior of the household or the people, how the people live day to day, right? Now, people without electronics, they cannot survive anymore. True, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you also look at the publishings. I did a publishing like uh, Green Books and other magazines as well in the past, the publishings. So that is another another new thing I'm, I'm looking into it because when it comes to the investment, you need to know the, the industry very well. Mm. Of course, property development is another set of it. It's like manufacturing. Like you mm. can manufacture, but you don't know how to sell, also cannot do that. Then the other one is all the brand international. So we carry about 60, maybe 50 to 60 brands in the worldwide. So for many countries, including Taiwan and all these countries. So now, they also bring you another level for in, in international, you must be somebody. If not, nobody will talk to you. If you combine all these are billions of dollars. When, when you handle billions of dollar organization, it's quite different when you are SME, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. 1982, I'm a small, medium enterprise. But to what that I... Our organization had crossed billion. But today, you may, we talk about billions. So to me, it's not difficult for me to understand. So happening, our reserve also billion, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so hopefully, I know how to count the billions. But anyway, that is it done. But all this, you know, I make it uh, through uh, the over the 41 years. It's different from manage. Mm. You manage, you do not... It's a two set of uh, manager, right? Mm -hmm. When you build your organization to a billion, you understand the pain, the losses or the gain. But you manage, you just make sure you're the good manager. Mm. All right? That's it. You don't have to worry about the fund coming in, right? Sure. We have to worry about where the next day the fund, just like you now set up your own <laughs> podcast, right? You must know where the revenue coming, right? How about crisis? Mm. Right. As a manager, when crisis time, you just say, I'm a manager, I do my best. But as an owner, it's quite different. True. Right? You must make sure you don't go under because every dollar is so important. So at the private sector, I think it's very substantive. I, I, this is my personal view mm. because everything will affect you. True. I think one of the... Um the things that people talk about is also like, oh, you know, when it comes to the role of the president, like, why not just go with someone from the government or like from the from the public sector because they already know how things work. But I'm also like, okay, but it's, it's a totally different job altogether, right? And I, and I totally understand where you're coming from because I, now that I've started this business for two years now, I'm just like, whoa, you, you're not just, in my, in my head, I'm just doing a podcast. Yeah. But when I'm doing it, I'm doing so many other different other things. You know, I'm managing people. Yeah. I'm planning the processes. I'm doing research. Um, as you said, like, like planning the revenue cash flow. So it, it yeah. really activates every part of your brain. Yeah. Things that you don't even know that yeah. exist, right? So I totally get it. <laughs> you know, people like to say, why don't you port over? No, 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 no. The president's job is not like that. Mm. You're only from one sector itself. It's not good enough. You need to have at least three. Mm. 
Number one, as a president, you have to work with people, right? There's a lot of people. People call you a president, right? So your community role is very important. 2015, when Lisa and myself set up the charitable organization, we work on the ground. We meet the people. We talk to the people. We saw the poor and needy people. We saw all the people with people with disability. We work with them. Over the eight years, we are on the ground community. We touch it and of course we have fun everything by ourselves. One. Second, for my situation, because I have about seven years, six to seven years as a diplomat, that bring me a different situation because I knew how the diplomat internationally. Mm. So this six year, many people I have met, as I say, from the king advisor to prime minister to minister, I have a solid, of course, included all the statutory board, included MAS as well. So this gave me a very good as a foundation as a diplomat. Entrepreneur is very important. But entrepreneur, you, you know, right? Money is important. <laughs> to control or to check, the, the, especially the, the, the reserve. Wow, this is the hard work. So you look at it very differently when you look at your reserve. Mm. You've got to make sure every single cent count. Because we used to run our own, right? Every money is our own. So when we look at all this reserve, we will see exactly the same. And secondly, key appointment. Public sector, you may not have a lot of chance to do a key appointment because it's done by another board to do it, right? So for us, we cannot. If we choose the wrong people, especially the senior position, our company is over. Because they, especially when you cross international 17 countries, you need to put the right people. The most important is conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. If I put the wrong people into the wrong job, and there's a lot of conflict of interest going on within the company itself, we are in big, big trouble. So we have the hands-on experience and pick the right people into the right job. Nice. Yeah. So I want to zoom in on, I mean, you just said a whole bunch and I want to unpack so many things, but let's zoom in first on the yeah. the community, giving back to the community. Correct. So you've done a lot of charitable work. Yes. Um, with all these different organizations. Yes. So I want to ask, if let's say, you know, you become president, um, how will how will these experiences with all these different charities um, influence the way that you will, you know, run uh, your on-the-ground work as a president? We are only one. Singapore, close to 2,000 non-profit organizations, small and the big one. The 10%, of course, is the well-funded. Not bad, because... The name is bigger name and so on. But do you know, you know Joel, 90% founded by a lot of good-hearted people hardly get the funding. Mm. Of course, we are fortunate, my one, because myself and my wife is funding it. So no, not an issue. So 90% is basically have to begging. Sometimes I see the way they work uh, to make sure to... Uh, there's a paycheck for the people who work with under them. It's very difficult, I can see that. I think as a president, there's one thing you can do, president challenge, for example, right? So if we can expand this one, excellent. The, the amount, or you involve more businessmen come together, or individual now. There's many institutions have a lot, a lot of heart for the people. But if we can bring all these people together to make the president challenge, it's more, I, I can say, the figure, if we can increase it, will be very nice. Then benefited to all the smaller MPO. This is something I love to do. I love that. Um, the, the, the second part I want to zoom into is your, when you mentioned um, being able to identify the correct people um, for, the, for the job. Um, where my mind went to was well recently there's a lot of like uh, news with um, some of the MPs and mis- and possible misconduct right so then a lot of the conversation online I was like reading Twitter I was reading like Reddit and then they were all saying that like oh you know like are we not having the best um, like filtering process so I want to ask you like 
over the, over the years as a as a business owner and, and as a leader, um, what are some ways in which you try to pick out the, the correct people for the correct job? The first thing is, I will look at the candidate as a senior person. I will see who bring this gentleman because at least when submit to the HQ, right? You first thing you check who recommend this CEO or the MD into the organization. So why I ask this is the first question. Because my worry is somebody have planted this in mm. for the future benefit of because the country I may not be there all the time. So first thing I want to ask, who refer this? Okay. Through what process we go through it. All right? The years of experience. All right? Check it through before you decide whether yes. If someone referred to you, think three times, not one time. All right? Because why? If someone is referring it to you, especially internal staff, as the subsidiary says, someone is very good and so on. Check it out. So this process is very important. One, you get the wrong person into a job, especially the head, right? Because they in charge the whole thing. Wow. This is going to be the mess for the next three, five years for you to clean. Now, for us, it's very particular when we come to key appointment. Because if we cannot pick the right people, we are in big trouble. Two things, and we need to know. To make the, a lot of people say, you don't care, it's his personality, whether his lifestyle. Just focus on he can deliver the result. No. This is not the right thing to do. If a personality is no good, you can deliver a, deliver a result. In theory, it's correct. What you want is a result. You don't care. But for me, in my organization, I cannot. If I see the individual have the different style, have different lifestyle, especially uh, those behavior, those things that they should not behave, I think we should not accept it. In long term, this problem will come. I will look at both sides, not only on the deliver number alone. Got it. Thanks for sharing. So I want to ask you about your role as the ambassador to Morocco. So in terms of your experience as the ambassador, what were some of the things that you know you did that were that was notable? When I was in Casablanca and Robert. A lot of people say, Mr. Go, to travel to Singapore is very difficult. Eh? I say, no, uh, Singapore, you can just fly in from anywhere in the world. No? He say, no, no, no. Our visa process is very troublesome. We have to go to Egypt and Paris to get our visa before travel to Singapore. I was thinking, wow, in this case, Moroccan will never travel to Singapore. First, you have to go to Paris and get your visa before <laughs> Travel to Singapore, I say this no. So I discussed with the ministry, I discussed with ambassadors. So everybody said, George, we had to do something with this. If you want the tourists to enter from Morocco to Singapore. So we opened SCG office in Casablanca. Mm. So I'm very happy now Moroccan can 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 get their visa in Casablanca. And hopefully they come here, they can spend some to help our economy. <laughs> <laughs> the next time I meet American, I'll be like, have you met Mr. George Go? <laughs> tell you about him. <laughs> you owe a lot to this man. <laughs> yeah. Now we've gotten to know you in the capacity of work, right? And also your ambassador role. But I want to get to maybe know you on a more personal level now. Yes, yes. Um, maybe I just want to know what is Mr. George Go like as a family man? I like to joke with my children. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, you know, business, you know, right? You gear yourselves 99 to 100, you know, it's, it's the right deal. You try to make sure every day is in the top performance, you know. When Saturday and Sunday, because it's my family time, so my children and my wife, we have the meal, one meal. To me, I, I love it because I first a week, like, only I hear my children was talking about their lives and so on. Very nice, I think. The other one, of course, gardening. I like gardening a lot because um, plant is the nature, right? You, you're back to where you are, 
when I was young, I was in the environment of full of nature. But today we are missing now. But fortunately, my house, I can do some small gardening and so on. I, I love to do that. Uh, there is something is I enjoy very much. We'll return to the conversation really shortly, but here's a quick reminder to hit that follow button if you haven't already. While you're at it, give us a five-star rating if you're liking what you're listening to. And now, back to the show. Um, so, I've been following your Instagram, and I see that you know you, you post a lot of content with your daughter. And then, um, I actually bumped into you at uh, <laughs> what was that? The National Stadium, yeah, at the yeah. Liverpool uh, yeah. training session, yes, and you were with your son. Yeah. So I mean, I, I can see very clearly that you share a very close relationship with your your children, yeah. and I'm very envious and curious because uh, you know you are also an entrepreneur, businessman. Yeah. Where do you find the time? How do you how do you find the balance to to, to do that? Because <laughs> Like I started this business right for two years now. Uh, I feel like in the past two years, I, I I genuinely feel like I haven't had enough time with my family. Oh, so maybe you can share with me your tips. On how okay. to do that. <laughs> you see, uh, I talk of my 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 daughters. Right, my daughter like to sing. Good singer, you know, Jovina is a good singer. Uh, I, I I like singing. Right, everybody know I like singing classical music. So she like musical music. So two of us sing together most of the times. Uh. He said, Papa, one day we need to do it uh, uh, to sing a very, very good song. I say, yeah, yeah, why not? So we have a common thing to talk about music. Mm. Okay. My son loves football. That's why I met you the other day. So my son explained to me, I say, how come you know so much about football? You never talk about your work, you talk about football so much. Talk about Liverpool, who is a player and so on. So the game, the young people know. And so, of course, I will try to spend time with him. At least he can explain to me. Right? My younger one, interestingly, always talk about, you know, he was a public speaker. So he say, Papa, uh, I read how many books, you know. Can read many books, you know, in a week. I say, wow, how you do it? He say, I speed it up. Wow, he explained about all these things. I say, hey, very good. I say, so everybody have a different thing, you know. Other one is a sport. Is talking about is competition. Just won the competition last week. Nice. Yeah, I say okay, good, good, good. So you see, uh, the interests of the four children are quite different. So you need to speak their language. If I'm going to tell, explain to them my business, I'm going to explain to them what I intend to do and so on. They sleep already, you know. They won't talk to you. You you must speak their language. Then we'll make it happen. This is the way or one way of communicate with, with your children. 100%. Agree. <laughs> um, I'm quite curious now. You know, yeah. when, when, you, when you decided to run for president, yeah. uh, how did the, the family react? Because, you know, so I, I'm doing social media stuff now and yeah. my parents were like, okay, we don't really understand, but we have one condition. Don't post us on, on the internet. <laughs> because we are not comfortable. So I said, like, okay, I get it. You know, so when you're running for presidency, obviously uh, that you know everyone in your family is gonna be in the spotlight and limelight. Um, how did they react to that? Yeah. You know, this is important. Whatever decision you take, right? So you need to discuss with the family. Because the privacy is going to be an issue. And people will look at them, it's like me, you know. If they behave something not right, people will start to comment about their behavior and all these things. So I explained to them, if Papa running the office, so these are the few situations. Of course, I get some help from good friends to explain to them, if your father in the office, yeah, there was one section like that for the four children. My wife, of course, we have been very close. We have been talking constantly if this situation happening, how and so on and so on. But the children not aware. I get that party to explain to them the difference between now and the future. So good, good. I have a good friend explain to them. So these are the few things, these are the things we need to watch out and so on. Prep them a little bit. So I also need help sometimes. 
So next time, uh, come and help. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> now, I, um, I was asking the team to do some background research for this podcast, right? And, yeah. And um, I think they told me that you you actually dropped out of school in at 16 years old to yeah. support the family. Yeah. Uh, like, can you tell us more about that? And maybe also what were some of the things that you learned at such a young age doing that? Yeah. You know, at the age of 15, right? Because fortunately, maybe I a bit mature at that time so I don't believe I can go to Oxford or Cam- Cambridge I don't think so I look at set of my result more or less I can tell my future right at that times and you also can see your, your household right you can look at your house and you look at your family what we eat what we have right it's about the same no different when I was young so I have to make a decision so Fortunate enough, at the age of 15, as a boy, I brave enough to talk to my father to say, let's hit and move and start my career a bit early. So you ask me whether, are you aware you're going to be an entrepreneur? No, we are talking about survival. That's why I understand today a lot of Singaporeans, they are talking about today they can survive now. You don't pin in a picture of future, future, future. You better look at what they are facing today rather than keep telling them tomorrow will be better. If they are facing like that. For me, at the time I look at that, my situation today, I cannot survive. What can you go and talk about future? I don't understand. So let's start. So at the 15, I make this decision. I think it's the right decision. And then I start my career at the age of 15 plus. Mm. Nice. And what, what was that? I mean, I, I also, I mean, yes, I agree. I, and I also think that hope is so important, right? Yes. So what was that, that step that you took to help them then start this massive career of yours that, that you know, is now like multi-millions, billions of dollars. Yeah. Um, what was that decision that you made to say, I want to start a business or I want to start doing this as an entrepreneur? You see, when you talk about hope, and now, of course, I know what is going on now. At that time, of course, no hope, right? At the age of 15, we got to think about hope. Just talking about whether I can get Survive. the yeah. food to eat or put on the table. That's it. Mm. I never think too much about it. Mm. But anyway, this word is very important to me now. When I saw a lot of young people, especially those who did not make it to the university, mm-hmm. so what is the future? So is that the end of the world? The answer is no. I keep reminding these people, don't worry. You may not get your scholarship, it's okay. Not in the top school, also okay. Maybe you can consider something, like me. I love to share with them because I think people like me, I'm very ordinary, Joel. It's not something outstanding. When I start my career at age of 22, I do not have money. My family do not have money. My education, I think you more or less already know, I dropped out at the the age of 15. So when I meet all these young people, I say to them, don't worry your family background, don't worry whether you're a scholar, something you like to do, you're familiar with, start a small business. I think there's a room in Singapore. We, we We have a good system here. So it's the good, you can do something. Instead, I'll keep thinking, no, I just, I don't have my paper certificate. So this is going to be my life forever. No. I hope my inspiration can uh, share with the young people. You can. If George Go can, everybody can. <laughs> yes, I love that. Uh, so I, I mean, on that note, I do want to jump into yeah. what the presidency under you can look like. Right. So in one of your Instagram posts, you, you did say Singapore has given you so much and you really want to give back. Um, what are some ways in which you're hoping to chart out as a, as a president? Of course, community role I just mentioned just now, this one is a big role. I think as a president, this one you can do more. Bring more business people together. Bring more rich and they love Singapore as a savoured haven country, bring them together. And we 
form a big group to see whether we can champion a bit more on community area. This is my big dream. Of course, as I mentioned, I also hope I can bring more inspiration to the young. Hopefully, I can do something in, in, in the office. Yeah, I will let you know if I'm going in, huh, Joel. <laughs> All right. I want to uh, make sure to give more hope for the young people. I think now our young people, uh, you know, they're talented, they're smart, they're well-educated. So hopefully, as me, you know, in the office, if I'm elected, I would like to share more in this area. So Singapore has had a lot of presidents in the past. Uh, I'm quite curious. I'm, I know Mr. George Goh is Mr. George Goh. If there was a past president that you would be most alike to, who will it be? Wee King Wee. Mm. How so? And what, what, in what sense? He's, um, when I read about him, yeah, especially the, there was a museum I went in, in SMU. He's a people president. Mm. Very simple man. I think president should not put yourself is. Uh, you are not a king. Right? There's a difference between that. You, I think, it's best is you can be the people. You understand the people. Of course, you got to work within the constitution. Huh? You cannot running around. So, I I love to become a people president because. The message is the important one, the people. 100%. Yeah. And um, so I do have a little bit of a difficult question to ask, right? So you have been very open about your Christian faith and also have been advocating for religious freedom in Singapore. However, there are some people, particularly those from the LGBTQ community or their allies, um, who have had concerns about how one's personal beliefs or religious beliefs can impact the rights and treatments of minorities in such groups. So as a potential president, how do you navigate this balance between your beliefs and also the need to remain fair to all communities? I, I'm very happy when I was born. Uh, um, the, communi sorry, the community, because we in, in a village, right? uh, there's a Malay community, Indian community and Chinese community. Of course, they do, they do have their religions. Huh? So Muslim, uh, Hindu, and uh, Buddhist. When I born, our house, you know, right? We open, right? Everybody can jump into another house just like that. You can go to the Chegu house, you go to Ali house, uh, you go and take the banana, you know? So, because we are in the environment when we are, I was young, you call the multi-racial, multi-culture. You can see the Indian celebrations and you'll see the Malay celebration. And Chinese, of course, also a lot of noise like when New Year coming. I lived in this environment for close to 15, 16 years. Right? So, I mean this, I think you cannot put yourself, your, your own belief, right? And then you go and interfere. You need to learn about respect each other. If you don't understand, don't, don't come for the job. You will be very sad later part. Because you can't, you are the people for, you are the president for everybody. You can't segregate group also. You can't do that at all. You must make sure you understand before you decide to stand for election. If not, it will be a disaster for the country. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. So the president also plays an important role in international uh, relationships and diplomacy. So, you know, how will you represent Singapore uh, on the global stage and contribute to building strong inter international relationships? I think good news because my background on both sides of it. Uh, one is the private sector. One is the, as a diplomat. When I travel to any other country now, most of the people can accept me because I have both sides. Mm. But if you only have one side, when people talk about economy, you know nothing. When people talk about billions of business, you never even see in your life what is called billions. Manage is different. People respect is because I 
build my organization from 5,000 to billions of dollars, combined seven listed companies, 3.15 billion mm-hmm. market capitalization or valuation. Because I say I build from 5,000, every top businessman in the world, they say, I like to see this man. When I talk about the, my diplomacy, of course they say, because I'm appointed at an honorary position, not even salary, I prepare to serve. People respect you because you're not even a salary, but you served your nation. And not one term, eh? the, I'll just tell you, right? They extend me second term. Uh, in January this year, they send me the third term. But right, I suppose to serve to 2026. Uh, but I cannot do that. I have stepped down now. So I have this track record of both sides. Mm. Uh, people like to see a president is all-rounded. Mm. If you only have one sided people boring to talk to you because you will talk the same thing. It's very boring. On, because more or less, they know your standard answer. All right? Yeah. When you have a pre-answer, everybody know. don't talk to this guy because you're about to say the same thing in the past and now I can't see any different. But for us, different. Because our life story, people like to hear. Especially George Go's story. A lot of people say, I like to meet the Singapore president, George Goh. He's like me. He's a boy, have no formal education, and he keep learning, study music to get his degree. He studied politics. Uh, I, I stand a course in Oxford about politics. So I also attend a course. Uh, one professor teach me our constitution. So they say, I like this guy because he, he, he learned, you know, throughout the year. We can. If he can do it, we will learn something. People like to see your story, your entrepreneurship, as well as your diplomacy combined. This is how the character builds, right? You see, Mendelssohn is a good example, right? So people like the character of the people have a bit rounded. You only have one-sided. People say, boring, right? Yeah. You understand? Standard answer we can receive from him. Yeah. Nice. So yeah. for this part of the conversation, I would like to talk to you about your uh, campaign so far. Okay. Right. Uh, so you, when you first came out uh, to say, I want to run for president, uh, and you made several speeches, um, I think there was some conversation online about your proficiency in the English language and yes. your speaking. Uh, did you see the memes uh, and, and how do you react to them? Maybe I can ask everybody here. <laughs> do you have difficult to understand George Go? No, mm-hmm. right? No. Yeah. Language, there are two ways. Of course, for me, when I speak, the first thing is I want the people in three to five seconds, I can trust you. Mm. The way I speak. Of course, you can speak where every tense, every word, every... Uh, dictions you can pronounce all right. People are robot, right? This guy, I cannot trust him because this guy, the moment he speaks like this, I can, I can see I cannot trust him. When I talk to people, I'm like just a normal Singaporean. Why should I behave so atas, so elite? Nobody likes to listen to the people at the elite level. Only small group of people. But I'm not saying the language is not important. Don't get me wrong. This is why I, I took my course in 2016 and 17. Of course, I continue now. I need to continue to improve. We can improve. But ordinary people speaking is about like that. Mm. The people must understand you. If you say something, people don't understand you. I, 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 there's one article I read I must share with you. The very famous guy in Singapore. I read the article. I checked my dictionary almost 20 times. Mm-hmm. Either I'm damn lousy or it's so good. So I take the same article, I share to someone. There's a lot of big word he used. But if you write an article, you need someone to go and dictionary for 20 times. I think there are two ways of improve, right? Maybe I can improve a few. But he also had to lower a little bit for me to check. Right? 
You can't. I think language, I think we need to balance. But worldwide, uh, Joel, I must highlight you are a businessman now. Don't use only one language. If you are in China, in the respect, speak Mandarin. You do not know, must force yourself to learn something. Asia, Pacific, in this part, ASEAN, some Malay country, speak their language, they respect you. Even if you don't speak, well, you mix a bit of English, doesn't matter. If you can speak dialect, let me tell you, you get your deal immediately. Really? Really? In Taiwan, if you speak Minam Oi, their language, straight away they will hug you. Wow. Kakinanga. You straight away they say we we are belong to the same group, because this is the this 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 is the way of the world. You don't don't use one language for everything. You cannot do that. So my view, learn a few would be nice. You may not be perfect, but people love you. You you have to decide which one you want. You want the masses to love you, or you only want the one percent to understand your language is perfect. Mm. You think about it, which one will be more acceptable? Yeah, nice. So after after you came out to say, oh, I want to run for president, there was a TikTok video that talked about you know like some of the controversies of of your businesses and whatnot. Um, it got really a lot of views. So like I think three hundred thousand views, talking about oh you know the workers under your company were like poorly treated and whatnot. Uh, so um, have you seen that video? And you know how 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 did you react when when you saw it? If if you saw it. If I have a track record of what the video of production for the purpose of smelling people or mopping people, I wouldn't survive here. I've gone long time. Cannot last for 41 years. No way you can do it. People will hate you. In few years, they'll push you down. Right? We must know where the contacts are coming from. Alright? These people are doing a different job. Let them touch their heart what they're doing is correct or not. Of course, we don't set a policy in the company purposely saying pay, cut, blah. No, no, no. You can't do that in, in, in the policy itself. You cannot do that. All right? If the staff and the HR have some differences, they then deal with it. Because it's a big organization, right? If they have some differences between their calculation, let them deal with it. They show perhaps over the year there's some issue between them. Let them. But we, I don't set the policy in my organization is if you late, cut. If you this, cut. If you sick for how many days, you go home. No such thing. This policy will never exist in our organization. So I can be very clear on this part. Nice. So throughout the entire campaign of yours, you've been emphasizing that you're like hundred percent independent, right? Like, why is this so important for you? Of course, independent important. The two role you need this one, the check and balance of the reserve, and the key appointment. These two is very critical. Mm-hmm. Their key appointment, their number of positions need to fill in. Make sure you must have an independence mindset. Look at the candidate carefully, whether there's a conflict of interest important for the country. Same like I, I just explained about my company, right? Let's say I have a CEO, bring the finance director in, it's a relative, for example. What is happening? One is the CEO, one the finance directors was a relative. You can see right in the future what will happen. You can imagine what will happen in the future. You can't. These two roles are very critical roles. Of course, I maybe I, I would like to take this opportunity to show you something, right? You see, I look at the why I mentioned this quite quite carefully. Yeah? Because I, I show this key, eh? mm. interestingly. Joel, you, te- you explained to me, right? These two key any difference? No. At first glance, no. No, right? Yeah. No different, right? No. So, this key any different? Yeah. All right. So, this one is George Go, right? Okay. Definitely is an yeah. independent guy, right? Yeah. These two are from the same, right? Yeah. So I can't see any different. 
these two you should combine to one. Mm-hmm. Right? So this is the only one different, right? So what is happening current situation, we all know. So I'm from the private sector, the public sector, right? So hopefully the independent guy will have a new so-called the they call it a fresh pair of eyes, right? Mm. I think this country now need it very badly. Why? I think we have been yesterday we talked about independent days of fifty-eight years, right? Mm-hmm. We cannot live in the same legacy or the same era in the past. You can't. You must let the private sector also come in to contribute. In fact, I see a lot of private sector very good people. Don't worry, I keep saying that private sector, they are good people. Doesn't mean they will come in to rock the boat. They won't one. Because they know their family is all here. The next generation is going to be here. They are not going in because they want power, because they want to rock the boat. They know very well, we only have a small land here. They just want to come and serve. And they give, bring a different perspective for the country. You know, executive has already been running for the last many years, right? So the independent, I think, will give a new perspective. I think balance. I think that is something we should have in this country. Nice. Um, so when... After after you, after some I think about after a month after you 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 announced your intention to run, uh, Mr. Ang Kong Song came forward to say, "Oh, you know, I, I want to run as well." Um, what was your initial reaction when he made that announcement? And maybe I worried that the non-establishment votes will be split among among you guys. I mentioned uh, I think two or three occasions. The more people coming in is better, because. Uh, the voter have a choice. We must give voter a choice. Don't fix the game, walk over. Do you like walk over? No. <laughs> I think you ask 100, 101 will, will not agree, walk over. I mean, the second question, do you like to have a two candidate in the same camp? They mean from the same sector, from the same organization, do you like it? Most other people don't like it. They say, what is this? Why you need the same guy to doing this? You need to have competitions. You need to put people together and for people to have a choice. The citizen, they know what they want. Don't suppress them. Give them the choice always among the, one, the same group of people. They, they will say, what happened? Is that our country, there's no, 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 no talented people to serve the nation? Everybody just looking for other stuff? No. So, my point is very clear. As many people come forward willing to serve, this is a good sign. Whether it's public sector or private sector, I hope the leader welcome them. Nice. Must welcome them. If not, this country will not progress. You go backward. You trust me. It will go backward will never go forward. Because the people want change. Right? People want to see the progress of the nation. You do, don't, don't stop at this point in time. So I don't see uh, it's an issue for me, many people to come in. Yeah, got it. Um, I'm sure you must be very focused on your own campaign. But do you maybe sometimes like kpo and say, hey, what is the other person saying, you know? So have you um, maybe um, taken notice of some of the things that maybe uh, Mr. Ng or Mr. Taman have been saying? And how do you feel about what they've been saying so far? I mean, our year is on the ground. But I don't pick up everything because uh, when you run your campaign, you focus your delivery. Mm-hmm. what you can do, what is your heart tell you for the people. You, you work the directions. You know, I travel maybe 45 uh, hawker centers and uh, web market. 
I met so many friends now. Mm. In a very short time. You know, right? Entrepreneur is act. We don't talk. Mm. We act, we move, and we keep in touch with people. When I sit there, I know what my people are telling me, right? Now, yeah, I hear one or two things. Maybe I can mention one is uh, for everybody to pay attention is uh, they were talking about only two candidates, maybe on the race. I find a bit worry at this point in time because I thought we have four candidates, right? Yeah. Now we have four <laughs> candidates, right? Mr. Tankilian, is it? I, I take it everybody ah, is okay. serious. Uh, huh? Okay, okay. But they were talking about two horse race. I was so concerned about this thing. I'm not sure. Uh, when I see they mention about the percentage, right? There's mm. a percentage was mentioned. X percentage, X percentage, X percentage, X percentage. So, I'm sorry, I'm not talking about the 4D or Toto. Uh. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about the percentage. Yes, I'm yes. more focused on the percentage rather than the rest. When I see the number, I say, eh, only two horses race. Is there something he know I don't know? Hmm. Is there something he know people do not know? That is the one I, I'm more concerned about. <laughs> if you ask me what I hear in the market, what the other people were talking about. Now, this is the one I pay quite a lot of attention into it. I think the people should also pay attention into this. Right, Don't right, focus right. on 4D. Uh. <laughs> focus on all this. <laughs> okay. But how, how do you feel when you, when you saw that, oh, you know, there was only a, like a two horse race? I think... Singaporeans who use the word wake up. Mm. We must have our voice. Got it. Wake up. Because we uh, we know this is, cannot continue the way like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So, um, last two questions. Uh, you know, at this election, I think... Um, there will be a large number of young adults who will be voting for the first time. Yeah. So I believe it was like 21 to 30, 33 years old, you know, like voting for the first time in the presidential election. Yeah. Um, how do you intend to reach out and, and uh, resonate with this audience? Young people want fairness. So long the election is not fair, they will not into it. They know. Actually, they have been quiet, but they know what you're doing. I think they want to see the P is fair for everybody. Whichever candidate wanted to serve, come forward. We decide which one we want to go into the office. Second, the young people want to see someone there. It's a hope for their future. Because they're going to run the country, right? The next one is them, right? The, the old one had to go. Like People like us is not going to be here forever, right? They are the next one. So they want to see the country got hope. So these two points, I think the, the, the young people is waiting to see this PE, whether it's fair, whether there is a hope or not. Of course, the last most important, I like to say, they want to see a change. Mm. All right? Yes. They love to see this thing happen. So if you want the young people to continue to be in this country, I heard many people are migrate out, the young one. This is I super sad. Mm. Well, I don't have the data, so I cannot say. People are telling me. I say young people don't. I think this country is a place for us. Don't go. This place is a place of hope. Don't go. Let's build together. I need you. Nice. Yeah. And on that note, my final question for this podcast episode is why should young adults vote for you? Because I understand them. I have four children, all a young one. I know how difficult they are. I know what they're worried. I want to stand together with them. I hope my presence as the president to show them I'm always with them. I'm not 
top there sit at the istana. I must, I come with them. They know. If I'm closer with them, they know the president's, this is what we want. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Go. Okay. It has been about a one hour, I think. Yeah. Uh, but it was such a awesome conversation, truly. No. I think I was gripped every minute of it. I was like, oh my <laughs> gosh. Uh, and I really hope that everyone listening in will, will enjoy it as well. Yeah. Thank you. Joe. Thank you so much. You're such a good host. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> and there you have it, the end of another episode of Political Prude, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and found it as insightful as I did. Now, I really, really did think that I was able to see how his brain works and also understand where his heart lies. And I will take some time to digest every single thing that was discussed. Um, and I hope to maybe dissect it on a later episode. So what you have to do in order to not miss out is to tap that follow button. Now to show us some love, once again, please just give us a five-star rating and also share this with your friends and family members. I'll see you on the next episode of Political Prude, the podcast. This was the Zodapop podcast.